Hello and welcome to another episode of Fountain City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Armando, a.k.a. Hot Take Mondo, and I'm joined by my friend Reese, a.k.a. the Reese Incarnate, Bach Lesnar, and today we celebrate a Chiefs win. That's right, we beat the Buffalo Bills. Reese, this is, what are we, 3-0 and against the Buffalo Bills in the NFL playoffs. How is how is Josh Allen still a quarterback in the National Football League when you go 0 and 3 against a Kansas City Chiefs? Dude, how's that for a hot take to start it out, Reese? Well, I love it and I almost sent this meme to the group chat like two or three times this week, but I didn't want to seem like a petty winner. But it's like they on the right, they had the list of quarterbacks like Mahomes has beaten in the playoffs and it's you know like Josh Allen times 3, uh, you know Joe Burrow is on there. Uh, who else is on there? Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Andrew Luck, you know, all these really good quarterbacks. And then Josh Allen's list of quarterbacks he's defeated. And like when you think about it, no cap, it's like Mason Rudolph. Who was the yeah, guy that it was like Mason Rudolph twice? Mason Rudolph twice. <laughs> who was the guy on the, the Dolphins last year when he played him? Mike White. Oh, Bradley Thompson. Yeah, Bradley Thompson. Like Kansas State, baby. Old man Philip Rivers concussed <laughs> Lamar, who had to leave the game. And like that's his entire quarterback. That's list. right. Yeah. And Lamar was only there for a quarter, I think. Yeah, it's pretty fun. And the the only person that's ever beat, knock on wood, the only person that's beat Pat is Tom, right? Uh Joe Burrow's got one on it too, remember? Oh, oh yeah, of course. I forget about that one. Yeah. So <laughs> by by choice. <laughs> by choice, I forget about that game. By choice. Yep. But yeah, I mean, look, whatever. Only only two quarterbacks have beaten Patrick Mahomes in the NFL playoffs. And, and someone at work pointed out, I was like, well, yeah, it's, it's crazy. The record's, you know, only four to three, you know, in, in favor of the Chiefs. And I'm like, yeah, but three of those wins are playoff wins, which basically should count as two in terms of importance. You know? <laughs> so, like, we're basically seven and three, which honestly feels more like the record. Absolutely. And look, Josh Josh Allen, we, we can go oh and. 20 for the next 10 years to Josh Allen in, in the regular season. I could care less as long as we still have this undefeated streak against him, which we're going to get to right now. But before we do all that, Reese, how has your day been? What's going on this week? It's been it's been a while. Actually, we haven't talked since the Bills game. What did you do for the Bills game? So I went over and kicked it at Club Nikolenko with Alex nice. and uh, his parents who are super cool. And also our buddy Carl, who I played D&D with, uh, worked at Boulevard for a long time. So we watched the game. They helped me keep my blood pressure down, which is good. Uh, <laughs> you know, cracked open some really good beers because uh, Mr. Nikolenko works in St. Louis. So he does a lot of like commuting traveling. Right. So he's, a member right. Of, he's a big, uh, big, big beer guy. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So he's got like three different beer coolers in his house. I mean, like full of <sighs> good stuff, you know. Uh, he's a perennial member. So I think we had what we had. We had some barrel aged footer saison. Carl brought a. Nico from Alma Mater, which have you ever had a Cafe Nico? No, I've never had any of Alma Mater's beers. So, so a Cafe Nico is an Italian espresso drink that is like espresso, I think, poured through an orange wedge with carbonated water. And like it's it's a very fancy Italian thing. That's like exactly what this beer tastes like. And it was phenomenal. Wow. So don't be sleeping on Alma Mater, anybody. I'm dead serious. Yeah, no, I st I've st I've been meaning to go to the brewery and try their beer because I know it's hopping. You had said that it, it was a former Boulevard guy that started it, right? Uh, no, one, one of my coworkers at Boulevard like helped him get it off the ground. He was kind of like a oh, upper okay. consultant. I think the guy that started it, don't quote me on this, he's from the Pacific Northwest. I want to say he did time at Deschutes 
and one other brewery out in like Oregon I hadn't heard of. But mm. he's round, round, been around. He's been around. Well, that's great. Shout out, shout out to our, our peeps out of Alma Mater. Make sure you try their beer. Probably going to be at the pairing, which is Reese's favorite liquor store out there. Shout out to our um, unofficial, official liquor store sponsor, unofficial sponsor, not a sponsor. Yep. The pairing. And that's your beer review for tonight as well. We have a, a lot of stuff to talk about, so we're not actually going to get to a beer segment, unfortunately. <laughs> That's right. We we normally get an uptick in in playoff uh, in views for our podcast during the playoffs. So if you're new, welcome. This is Found City Sports Media. We cover the Kansas City Chiefs, but not only that, we normally also do a beer review and um, talk about the latest craft beers. Uh, we like to talk about all different things when it comes to craft beer. But today we have so much content. Like Reese said, um, if you enjoy that we talk about things like this, the Kansas City Chiefs craft beer and just the things that. We we like to do at home reese how can they donate on patreon and follow us on social media um, after they listen to this stonky stonky pod if you like what you hear on this podcast and you want to go even further down the rabbit hole you can become a subscriber at patreon.com backslash fcsm where you'll get access to outtakes bonus series and exclusive beer reviews bonus series including things like season zero the covid season uh, Speedy and Angry, our 10-part in-depth deep dive into the Fast and Furious franchise, and the Michael Jordan Last Dance documentary recap. So don't be shy. Be that guy. And for the price of one Starbucks cup of coffee a month, you can subscribe at patreon.com backslash FCSM. You can also find us on Instagram at Fountain City SM, where you can see all the dank memes we're putting out and updating on things about the podcast. All right, Reese, thank you for that social media shout out. Let's get right into the game. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, by the way. That's right. We have dispelled the demons of, well, Patrick Mahomes can't win a road game in the playoffs. Well, Patrick Mahomes wins a nail biter 27 to 24 against the Buffalo Bills. Reese, why don't we talk about the it being a road game, being a Buffalo, um, being with the elements, all the above. Love. what did you think what are your thoughts one that stadium and their fan base are superiorly overrated as now in back-to-back <laughs> seasons in the divisional round they've had their home court they've had their weather they've had their boogeyman and they've gotten thoroughly beat two times in a row now so what's the deal with airline food <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it It definitely was loud in the first quarter, but when the game got pretty intense, it, it didn't seem to be a factor, right? We didn't see Patrick Mahomes putting his, his, you know, his hands over his helmet. We didn't, we didn't see any confusion on the offense where you would think there would be confusion on this particular off of this particular Kansas City Chiefs offense, right? Who has had some missteps. So you think this would be the game for it to happen and this offense was in lockstep with each other Reese a great offensive performance not only from Patrick Mahomes but from everyone across the board should we get into that Reese now that we've dispelled this okay Buffalo Bills fans are not built different like Arrowhead um, and that you know Patrick Mahomes can win on the road shall we shall we move on from that point I'm not done dumping on the pit yet or whatever it's called I knew it I knew it and that's and that's why I gave it to you I was like because I'm I'm 
ready to talk about our unsung heroes, but you know what? Let's lay it on these Buffalo Chiefs. Buff- oh my gosh, these Buffalo Bills fans. Go for it, Reese. They can be Chiefs fans if they want. They can hop on the bandwagon. <laughs> so, so I have two hot takes for you that I want to get your opinion on. Number one, I think that the Bengal Stadium is a more hostile environment to play at than the wow. Bills Stadium. Because there is nothing more just like degrades on your morale than hearing like 65,000 Cincinnati fans <laughs> doing that stupid who day chant. It's, it's so stupid and it's so annoying. It's like when your sibling, you know, is doing the like, I'm not touching you or like talking to you in a mocking voice. Just like, shut up. It like pulls that same aesthetic, which the Bill <laughs> Stadium does not. The Bills stadium was just noisy, and I'll tell you what, the one thing they have close to Cincinnati thing is that stupid train whistle, which they didn't need to blow or even have the opportunity to blow most of the game because we were converting before they could get us to third down. Yeah, that was amazing. That was amazing that we did that. And also, you know what, Reese, since since we're piling on him, I'm going to do a shame segment. Uh Uh-oh. Shame on Buffalo Bills fans throwing snowballs at the Kansas City Chiefs. Are you kidding me? Like, um, can you imagine? Okay, Reese, this year, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Kansas City Chiefs fans have been have been bullied on the internet right everyone is coming after kansas city because they they want to beat us right this is this is our tom brady our new england patriots who we also hated but would we ever throw snowballs would would we actually get in a physical altercation with football players i don't think so reese and for them to throw snowballs at the Kansas City Chiefs and like Patrick Mahomes, you know, going into the tunnel and them doing all that stuff like like we've arrived. The Kansas City Chiefs have arrived and we have ruined that fan base so much so that they are assaulting players. Shame on the Buffalo Bills fans. You lost at home. Suck it up. It's it was your kicker that screwed up. It wasn't anything that, you know, an enigma or any like ref um, unfair call, anything like that, that altered the game. This is on you. It was in your stadium. You lost. You got to take it. Well, and here's the other thing, too. So th- if you remember that very first AFC title game we played against Tom Brady, there was the one dude that got kicked out because he had the laser pointer. And like, oh, and, and right. he was, but he was called out, banned from the stadium sure. for life. We haven't seen it since. This is like, but this is like hundreds of fans that were doing the snowball, and it was during the game too. Anytime, yeah, we were, like on third, third downs and fourth downs, I couldn't believe they didn't say anything in the. I mean, maybe they did during the commercials. I could not believe that no one was talking about well, and it. It was happening while play was going on too. I think that first touchdown we had in the corner of the end zone, someone threw a snowball at whoever that was when they caught it. Was it Kelsey or something? And it's just like, yeah, yeah, Kelsey got the first. I mean, seriously, how the league didn't see that and call like the stadium right or like the owner of the team right there and be like, you put this message over the PA or like we're calling it like a personal foul the next time it happens. Like that was unacceptable. And then after the game, like you said, it wasn't just like, you know, they were kind of saying like boo and throwing a snowball or two at them. It was like a united front of just like a blizzard of snowballs, which it's funny because like people handled them differently. On one hand, Drew the Truth Tranquil caught one apparently. <laughs> like that was cool. But then he also like squared up afterward, and I was like, oh my god, he's about to do like like 
in, in Indiana Pacers run our test right now. Oh. Like I'm not I'm not ready for Dude, this. I am Drew Tranquil would end every you could line up all like 1.23 million people in Buffalo. And Drew Tranquil would take each one out. There is no simulation where a Buffalin citizen does not get taken out by not Drew a, Not a Buffalin. A Buffalin. A Buffalin. Do you, do you remember? Um, I think it was it was after the Bears game when someone had missed a field goal and then and then they were going to pay someone or they were going to give someone free beer it was like Miller Lite Goose Island yeah this like thir- yeah this like 30 yard challenge and if anybody can kick it they would win and no one did mm-hmm. it i feel like it, it, it's similar can anybody can anybody beat Drew Tranquil the entire day <laughs> Drew Tranquil was just <laughs> fighting Buffalo Bills fans from 12 a.m. to the next day like, he wouldn't even need a senzu being in between dude he would just go through the city of buffalo it'd be incredible you know it would be called beef on wrecked so that's what the challenge would be beef on wrecked oh my gosh okay shame on shame on you buffalo's buffalo bills fans buffalonians shame on you buffalonians now i have one more hot take which could (laughs) play into the bills and more into the ravens later on but to me did it seem to you that Mahomes and company may have actually played better and like fed off the energy of being in a hostile road environment versus playing in the comforting confines of Arrowhead? Yeah, if there's anything that we've learned from Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes likes to play behind, right? He likes to play with a chip on his shoulder and he likes to be the underdog. Um, we and we know this, right? We've we've seen Patrick Mahomes, and we've documented every single, almost every single game that Patrick Mahomes has played, and it is consistent when he's down, when he is being, you know, when people are saying, for example, the Buffalo Bills, uh, Dawkins goes, "Good luck, Patrick Mahomes." He posted that immediately after the game. We see Patrick Mahomes quoting him, like Patrick loves this stuff, Reese. And yes, Baltimore probably going to be a hostile environment where we are the underdogs, where it's a possibility we're going to be behind at some point. And Reese, no one does it better than Patrick Mahomes. And again, we'll talk about this more when we talk about the Ravens, but I think that's one thing to keep in mind going into this next week's game too, is that while the Ravens aren't directly making stupid comments and calling people out, I've heard it said by a number of talking heads, both in Kansas City and on some of these nationally syndicated shows, that the Ravens have a little bit of air of confidence about him right now, which could end up coming up to bite them in the backside. Because I wouldn't say they're being disrespectful to the level of Jamar Chase, but do you want Patrick Mahomes and all these guys to be like, oh, so you and everybody else think you're some juggernaut team and you already have this in the bag, you don't even need to show up on Sunday? Okay, sure. Why not? Yeah, and actually, if you've if you've gone through any of the interviews, uh, Pat's been uh, Pat and the entire offense and our defense has not said much, like not trying to give any bulletin board material to the Ravens, which is very strategic too, because like you also don't want to give them bullet board material. But I know that like Pat looks very composed in those interviews. Kelsey looks composed. Like none of them look scared about this matchup. Although I have my own scared takes that we 
we'll talk about after the break. Um, but Reese, let's let let's talk about some good stuff before we before I get into some maybe not so good stuff. Okay, um, Reese, let's talk about some really good stuff. So this is where I'll start. Reese, last week I talked about you know what we got to spam. Well, I've been talking about all 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 season. We got to spam our stars, and you know what? Great, the guy that had the most targets, Travis Kelsey, six targets, seventy five yards. That's awesome. Who's second on that list, Reese? Who do I see? Let me put my magnifying glasses on just to make sure that this is correct. Is this correct? Marquez Valdez Scanley. Six targets on... Well, actually, no, 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 I lied, sorry. Four targets, two receptions, 62 yards. And those two receptions, Reese, huge huge both actually for almost 30 yards a piece reese do we owe a cold snack take back to our boy marquez valdez scantling absolutely not <laughs> no he's getting paid 12 million dollars a year he can show up for one playoff game where we really need him to Two receptions for 62 yards would equal 20% of his season output in two receptions oh in one game. We don't. Is that true? It's true. It's true. And wow. my biggest worry is after this game, I, I hope there's no, like, just nibbling in the back of their mind. 20, 20, 20 targets for Marcus Valdez Scantley on Sunday against the Ravens. I'm, I'm calling it now. I just hope they're not like, well, maybe we keep him next year. Maybe there is value in paying him 12 million. Oh. No, you get rid of him the minute our season is over. I don't want to hear anything. <laughs> that being said, that being said, after a definitive game against the Buffalo Bills, the away in Buffalo? Yeah, the minute our season's over, drop this guy. This is like the toxic ex who does one nice thing for you, you know, like, I don't know, reenacts that scene in Breakfast. Is it Breakfast Club where he holds the, the boom box outside the, uh, the bed? Yeah. yeah. It's, or is that 16 Candles? Who knows? So... He does I think it's 16 candles. Yeah, it's not breakfast. Does club. this apologizes you come home and the beds made and dinners made for like the first time ever and you're like, "Oh, well maybe he's changed." No, 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 no. Don't fall for that for 1 second. He made two receptions this game. I've never seen him make before. Ever. <laughs> Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Wow. All right. So Reese Reese says no on it, but Reese Maybe, maybe not a cold snack take back, but Reese, this is a definitive game in Chiefs history for Marquez Valdez Scantley for him to show up when the lights were the brightest against the Buffalonians there in Buffalo. Reese, like you said, both both those passes when they were thrown, I was like, there is no shot that this dude is going to catch any of these, and for some somehow right in the bread bag. Basket, catches it. Um, I forget who was on him at that point, but the guy was all over Marcus Valdez Scantley, and he showed up, man, and he made some great plays. Shout out to Marcus Valdez Scantley. I know you don't want to see him next year, Reese, but let's talk about the Ravens game. Does that mean we get an uptick in targets uh, against the Baltimore Ravens, who have a really good secondary? If they're wise, they won't. Uh, what we needed in this game. I pointed out last game was we needed 
less steep of a drop-off between Travis Kelsey and our next highest wide receiver. Now, this game, the Bills obviously put a lot of focus on Rashi Rice. He had a quieter game of four receptions, yeah. 47 yards. It was very rare. It was a rare shut shutdown game. But in a normal quotes. game... MVS doesn't have those 60 yards. He has like one reception for seven yards. So the fact that we were able right. to have 75, 62, 47, and then we had to drop off to 16 with Noah Gray, that's what we need. And I think MVS can be that, I don't know, third highest receiver by yardage for us. But what we need is for him to come through with two, maybe three catches a game when he's called upon and that's what he did this game. He's dropped all of these all season where it's like, hey, dude, one play. We need you to catch this wide open ball. Doink, fumble, something goes wrong. Don't <laughs> give him more targets until he finishes the food that's on his plate consistently. Yeah, I, I did. I definitely like that. And, and it seems like no matter what, Pat always tries to find MVS at least once. And it almost is always a deep shot. It's just this time there were two deep shots that actually worked, but Pat always sees something and it's like, he always got, has him in the back of his mind. He says, all right, if they're going to, if we're going to have the linebackers really pressure in the middle, the secondary is going to come in the middle to stop Kelsey or to stop rice on some of these, um, these dump offs, then yes, Marquez is going to have a one-on-one, you know, in the slot. And we could see that again. I, I will talk about the Ravens when we get there, but I think this is a really, a good game plan like you said having a couple targets for mvs still spamming kelsey and by the way why don't we transition into kelsey then look it's great that kelsey got had that week 18 off at first i was saying why isn't kelsey going for uh you know going for the the record of a thousand yards it makes sense now. Kelsey needed that break, Reese, because the Kelsey that we've seen um, from the wild card game to the divisional game, like this is a night and day Kelsey. And not that it was particularly his fault that he was not producing, being triple and doubled cover during the regular season. But Reese, two touchdowns, 75 yards. This dude looks fresh and ready for the playoffs. We have playoff Kelsey just when we needed him. And this is exactly what we need too because because as we've mentioned Rasheed Rice is good he's not yet that guy and there's a whole lot of question marks after him Travis Kelsey doesn't have to put on <coughs> sorry put on the cape <coughs> sorry <laughs> like dying You're choking up because Kelsey had such an all-star game so Travis Kelsey doesn't need to put on the cape and be all-star Superman next season he can be quieter be like I'm gonna get four receptions yeah. five receptions for like 40, 50 yards. Totally fine. But once we have our wide receiver one next year, you know, then he can kind of take it off. But he's really put the team on his back these last two games. And it's great to see him still be a huge mismatch. And, you know, part of that has to do with Rashi Rice becoming a threat that people have to keep an eye on now. You can't put two, three guys on Travis Kelsey and dare anyone else to beat him. When Rashi Rice is playing good, Noah Gray is catching the balls that are coming his way, and now maybe MVS actually wants to contribute to his one catch for $60,000, whatever it breaks down to salary. Good. <laughs> yeah, Reese, Reese how, how shocked were you that Travis Kelsey was wide open for that first touchdown? You know, I, I was very shocked. No, I, I was very shocked. <laughs> I'm dying again. Because... I say this all the time, you know, how do you let Kelsey get open? How do you leave Kelsey open? But how do you leave Kelsey that 
open. That open. I mean, no one near. Like I, I, I've been pointing this out. Matt Lafleur did a great job getting his tight end schemed that open throughout the year, both against us and in that play well, against Dallas as well for sure. But also in this last game against the 49ers, there were a couple where it's just like, dude, who's supposed to be on this guy? So I don't know yeah. if we borrowed that play and just ran it with Kelsey. But it's like, huh. a part of me honestly thought he was going to drop it. I'm like, this is so easy. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it was, he was so open. And you can and you can kind of see him stutter back, too, because he was backwards. Yeah. And I was like, he's he's totally going to drop it. And with how the season's <laughs> gone, I'm like, dude, that's one that just like doinks off you. And people go, oh, Mahomes sucks this year. It's like, no, no. Anyway, but <laughs> dude, what a play. And then to see him grind one out for a second touchdown. You know, speaking of which. I got to pull this up because I feel like one of us is going to forget to bring this up. Uh, with this game, Mahomes and Kelsey tied and then surpassed Brady and Gronk for the most touchdowns, receiving touchdowns Good call. in yep. the playoffs. So Kelsey and Mahomes in 16 postseason games have 14, sorry, 16 touchdowns in 14 postseason games. Brady Gronk have 15 touchdowns in 22 games. And then wow. third place was Montana Rice with 12 touchdowns in 11 games. So, wow. so really there, Montana Rice in terms of efficiency is number two overall, not Brady Gronk. But the duo that stands above all the rest is Mahomes and Kelsey. And I feel like this is another record that just has to tip the scales more in Kelsey's favor versus Gronk and that all-time debate, guys. We can't keep talking hypotheticals with Gronk at this point. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't feel like a lot of people anymore talking about Gronk being superior to Kelsey or Brady and Gronk. In fact, Tom even, even re retweeted that exact stat that you just said and acknowledged. He was like, both these two are a beast for, for them to surpass both of us is a big accomplishment. Or they said to surpass Gronk, he didn't want to put himself in there. Um, so yeah, even, even Tom Brady, who we're having this debate, you know, nationally is Tom better than Pat. Although I'm sure you and I can get to that, especially after this postseason to see where, where that stands. But yeah, I think it's no debate. I've been saying for years, Reese, Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in NFL history. And, and if we only talked about injury, only talked about, you know, him being there and Gronk not being available and then Kelsey being able to produce year after year after year it doesn't matter that Gronk had absurd numbers for maybe two or three years Kelsey is absurd every single year and that should put him above the pack absolutely uh Reese why don't we talk about let's let's wrap up the offense I have one really bad thing to talk about the offense and I'm sure you know what that is but let's let's give a shout out to um to two more guys then let's talk about the bad stuff Isaiah Pacheco uh, the reason why we didn't see a lot of you know a lot of targets in the air right we talked about six targets for Kelsey and then four and four for Rishi and MVS. It's because Isaiah Pacheco was dictating the game, Reese. I mean, kind of con conversely, you have the Bills running the ball almost all the time, taking up so much clock, but then us as well. We are able to run it on the ground. Isaiah Pacheco, 97 yards for one touchdown, 15 carries, averaging 6.5 yards per carry. Like, that's huge. And then having CEH come in when Isaiah got a little banged up, CEH having those two carries for, uh, what was that, one long of 28? Like, shout out to our guys running the ball, and that is how you win playoff games. Shout out to our boys. No, I, I full-heartedly agree. It's like, Isaiah Pacheco is a big reason why we won that game. 
because A, our passing offense was actually functioning, which is great. But B, like you said, almost 100 yards, averaging well over six yards per carry. Like those are Jamal Charles type numbers, you know, like that average, the way he was just gutting them every play. Huge. One reception for 14 yards in there, too. We can't forget about that. Uh, But man, I tell you what. Here's here's the funny thing. Do you think CEH is potentially playing himself into like a vet minimum second contract of like five hundred thousand dollars? I don't think so either. I don't think so. If if I think we would offer him a vet min, but if he produces in the AFC championship game and knock on wood, we make it to the Super Bowl. I can see someone paying him for sure. Like I can see him being an an RB2 on like a Titans team or, you know, someone that is like run heavy that uses a ton of uh, running backs. Who's to say, you know, like a a Miami Dolphins would use a CEH, right? They have it's just a a factory. And I feel like CEH would plug in not as as the cowbell, but plug into like a running back centric factory of an offense. I'm worried the Bengals pick him back up and like, Ugh. you know, Joe Burrow playing with him for that long is able to get something out of him. But no, I, I, I'm just glad I talked to you about that, it. But that actually makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it does. Uh, anyway. Wow. I, I, Chase, C.E.H., Burrow. I don't think C.E.H. is him and turning into him or turning into the guy we always no. wanted. I just think no. he's finally in like the last two games making one or two plays when called upon that he never did before. Because, I mean, right. looking at the games prior, against Chargers, one yard. Against the Raiders, six yards. <laughs> against New England and Buffalo, where he was the you know RB1, he was 37 and 39 yards. Six yards, five yards. So, eh. <laughs> yeah, if we if, if if we flipped flopped right, so we had Ch doing 15 carries against the Bills. There's no way that this production that he had on those two carries would sustain. You're right; he's he's showing up when we need him to show up, and that's great. But I don't think we carve a role for him after this year unless he takes less money, like you said. Um, okay, Reese, why don't we? And then of course Patrick Mahomes. I mean, look, that, we we can talk about Pat, Patrick Mahomes the entire time, but Patrick Mahomes 215 yards. Two touchdowns, zero interceptions, zero sacks. Looks so comfortable in the pocket and then rolled out when he needed to. Uh, honestly, pitching a perfect game. Like, Pat cannot be stopped in the playoffs. We'll knock on wood. We'll talk about the, the Baltimore Ravens. But hats off to our guy. We can talk about him all day. But, yes, A-plus performance, Pat. And it was great because the line gave him time. And Pat did hold on to the ball quite a bit back there in that pocket. But it wasn't. Yeah, because- I was waiting for plays to develop. Yeah, it, it wasn't because people couldn't get open this time which is great and you could see it in his body language you know he didn't have happy feet you could see it in the way he was doing his progressions he wasn't saying get open get open get open he was just like all right i'll wait i'm gonna hit this guy down the ball you know down the seam there he is great love it you know what you're not gonna love reese what's that McCole Hardman Reese what in the world so we again a great offensive showing from the Kansas City Chiefs except for McCole Hardman let me pull up his his stat sheet oh, really dude, quick don't do I, I had it here one catch one run two fumbles with a net gain of one yard one of the worst playoff performances i've ever seen in the patrick mahomes era from an offensive player reese 
if it were me, if I was Brett Veach and I was had the ability, I'd cut him right after that game. Well, it's funny because like the very first time we played him in the playoffs, that AFC title game, you might remember he fumbled a punt, I think it was, like inside the five, and the Bills scored, went mm-hmm. up, and then we went on a huge run on him. Andy then fed McCole Hardman again, and McCole got going. Big old busted play. Ton of yards at the end of that game. It was great. This time, Andy feeds him again, and he fumbles out the back of the end zone. Now, I hate to say this. I feel bad for the guy, but I think McCole Hardman's washed. Like he, yeah. he was a sketchy at best wide receiver to begin with. Never had great route running, never had great hands, but he had a little bit of shiftiness from the backfield and like great straight line speed. And even this year, from what he's been on the team, doesn't it seem like that speed's not there anymore? No, I mean, we saw it once when it was the the Blaine Gabbert game, but that doesn't count. No. So, dude, I, I think he might be out. I think he'll go to some different team next year, maybe be on a practice squad the year afterwards, but I think he's out of the league in the next two, three years, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I was like, if if the Jets dropped him and he didn't even have a role in, in a Jets offense that had Randall Cobb out there. Like, something else is happening that we don't know about, right? Locker room issue, um, effort issue, don't know what it is. Not not only is he washed, but there has to be something else that he's not getting a job in the league because you do see streaks of a good player, and the fact that Randall Cobb is playing wide receiver four and you can't even play wide, wide receiver four or compete for that role, it seems like something's going on there, Reese. So, and I wanted to bring up McCole Hardman because if he doesn't have that fumble, this game is almost 34 24. Oh, it's over. Right? This, 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 this game could have been a blowout. And I think people forget that. Yes, it was a close game. And like, you know, Josh Allen did everything he possibly could. But if those mistakes don't happen, this is almost a blowout. And, and that's a big thing for the Kansas City Chiefs to know, especially going into the AFC. Uh, championship game. Well, I mean, the, the Bills are honestly lucky this wasn't uglier than it was because you got to remember, I, I jotted these down. We essentially had three turnovers this game. So in addition to the McCole Hardman fumble at the back of the end zone, which cost us mm-hmm. directly cost us seven on that very first fumble, which is like play two of the game. Kincaid illegally punches the ball out of bounds. and We would have picked it up. They got flagged for it, but like he saved a turnover by doing that. And then right. the second fumble they had on that last Bills drive, rookie Chamari Connor goes for the scoop and score instead of just picking it up. Subsequently, it gets goobled around, and who was it? Like Deion <laughs> Dawkins, maybe, honestly, like picked it back up and yeah. saved the game. I mean, that's literally three turnovers that should have happened. Like one shouldn't have happened, two should have happened. So, you know, this, this game could have gotten real ugly. Uh, but hey, I, I want to ask you this What is your opinion on the rule? of fumbling the ball at the back of the end zone for a touchback. I think it's stupid. You think it's stupid? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't. I mean, look, you, you're so close. You've done a lot. I don't see an advantage other than you're trying to get your teammate the ball. Like, say you you purposely fumble the ball into the end zone so that someone can scoop it up from your team. I just don't see the like how egregious it can be that it becomes a touchback. I think part of it comes from the fact that it's one of those things on unless you want a microscope and have to make another discretion call, how can you tell when somebody doesn't intentionally fumble forward or out of the back of the end zone and be like, 
okay, you know what? You fumbled forward yeah. out of the end zone. That's a 10-yard penalty. Oh, I didn't mean to fumble out the back of the end zone. Then you got to go back and review and you see the guy straight up underhand throws it out the back of the end zone. You know, and I think I'm just going to say I agree that it sucks, but A, I can't figure out a better way to go about it. And B, the game was already so tailored towards the offense. Like the defense needs to have one, right? Yeah, no, I, I I think that's fine. You're right. A lot of it is offensive centric, um, but I, I still feel like there. It's just not egregious enough for it to like totally alter a game because someone's accidentally fumbled it into the end zone, especially when you're like almost there. I don't know. I don't really like the rule, but hey, we won anyways, and it's not like we're the Bills where if it if it happened the other way, if the Bills had fumbled it into the end zone and then the Chiefs won by like two points, it would automatically be put in the NFL meeting room, be overturned so that Josh Allen has a chance again next the, year. The rule would be changed by now, and they would have overturned the results of the game as well. Like, I'm dead serious. <laughs> Crybaby Dude. Bills fans getting the coin toss rule changed. <laughs> Getting the the what was it the forfeiture rule changed last year, dude. <laughs> hey, well now that we're talking about it, why don't we talk about Josh Allen? Josh Allen, Reese, 186 yards. Um, again, not yeeting the ball because he he is for some reason when he plays the Kansas City Chiefs, he's locked in and he says, "I'm not going to take chances down the field." And this is what happens. Only one touchdown, like I said, 186 yards, and predominantly him and James Cook running it down the field. Josh Allen, 72 yards on the ground. James Cook, 61 yards on the ground. Uh, Reese, looks like the strategy was kind of working, but again, an unsustainable strategy when you're playing against a Patrick Mahomes who is actually... Um, putting points on the board. You can't play conservative like that. And we always get this conservative Josh Allen, which worked. Man, I tell you what, we talked about this earlier in the year when they were going on that mini tear, when they were fighting for their playoff lives, in that the less Josh Allen they had involved in the offense, the better their results were because you were taking the boneheaded interceptions and fumbles and YOLO plays out of it. And what we got as a result was 62% of passes were behind the line of scrimmage for an overall wow. 3.14 yards per passing attempt. Yeah, Reese, do, do, uh, I'll let you keep going. But do you know what this reminded me of? Of, of This reminded me of a Joe Burrow Bengals offense for a very, very long, for most of the game. Well, you know, that's a really good analogy because I was thinking that too. There were some throws, especially on that last drive, that I will give credit to where credit is due Joe Burrow would have found those two guys underneath on second and third down. Josh Allen wasn't. That one he threw up the seam and somehow short-armed it. Like I, He threw almost an identical pass against us in the 13-second game. It wasn't the Gabe Davis wide-open go-ahead touchdown, but the one before that. It was like eerily similar. So I'm just like, brother, what are you doing, man? It's like as the game happened, at least on second down, I saw the dude that was wide open. So, man, but, you know, we did a great job forcing them into passing in the second half, particularly in the fourth quarter, because they somehow abandoned the run game once they got a little nervous. We forced them to throw 14 times in the fourth quarter for only four receptions for 44 yards. Yeah, no, it's it. I, I think I think we 
played to the advantage really well, especially when Willie Gay got injured and when he got out of the game. It seemed like Josh Allen was like, all right, fine, I'm going to expose that they have no QB spy and I'm just going to run it down the field. But in doing so, they they waste a ton of clock and then Patrick Mahomes takes every opportunity that he had and scored down the field every single time, which was huge for us. And like you said, they were forced to pass when they weren't in a groove. Things weren't going well. Speaking about things not going well, and we can continue on Josh Allen, but Reese, how about, how about Stefan Diggs dropping two huge plays? Um, Josh, I, I credit where credits do Josh Allen yeeted that 80 yard pass and it looked almost perfect. Like that mm-hmm. was, incredible ball placement that is why josh allen will have a job for a very very long time in this league that's one of the reasons but stefan Diggs, baby he found a way to not to fumble the bag fumble the ball uh eight targets only three receptions for 21 yards shout out to legerious need but also shout out to stefan Diggs fumbling the bag well i, I want to exonerate Diggs on that 60 yard pass a little bit too because like on replay, he had to turn around to get that ball and he had a defender right under him. And it was, again, like what do you expect Josh Allen to do? But like it was kind of in that awkward no man's land between like your sure. stomach and your chest. So it wasn't the easiest thing to catch. So I'll give him credit on that. Like I'm not going to rake him over the coals for that one. But dude, he missed some easy options earlier in the game. And this isn't like a recent occurrence. There's a reason why Dalton Kincaid's become Josh Allen's potentially new favorite target is because yeah. Diggs has shrunk as this season's gone on, man. And I don't want to say he's washed, but he is on the wrong side of 30 now. So it makes you wonder, right? Wow. Makes you wonder. Come to the Kansas City Chiefs. How about that? I, I'm sure he'd be great in the Kansas City Chiefs. Dude. <laughs> like Rasheed Rice and Diggs is kind of one too. Oh God! You know, but I, oh my God! I, I will say though, the, no contest. The, the other thing was, it's amazing Josh Allen threw the ball that far. But I was worried as that play happened that he was throwing one of those like purposefully underthrown balls to get Diggs to turn around and have like the safety to crash turn. into him. So hats off to mm-hmm. Hockley and the refing crew, which I have to say called a clean game very good game a very good game yeah yeah absolutely no hats up to the refs hopefully we see something similar in the afc championship but no they let both play again this was a solid game uh, we saw pat at his best and we saw josh at his most conservative and look what happened clean game Kansas City Chiefs win. Reese, let's talk about one more thing that I have in mind. If you have anything else, then we can go to the break. How about that fake punt? Oh, dog. How about that fake punt to DeMar Hamlin? Again, I have to be careful about what I say. I'm not I'm not saying, you know, DeMar Hamlin shouldn't be getting the punt. But when the stakes matter the most, that is the play that you run? And it wasn't even a good fake punt. Like, it was super broadcast. They had no push on the line, no speed. I don't know what his other two blockers. It was like an extended tush push almost from four <laughs> yards out. And, you know, word on the street was it's come out that the Chiefs only had 10 men on the field for that fake. So some right. people said, oh, well, maybe he saw 10 men on the field. And like, we have the numbers do and the adjusted. fake. But it's since come out. I can't remember which Bills player said it. Not nah, McDermott had that fake punt dialed up before he knew there wow. were nine or 10 players on the field. He just, as you said, fumbled the bag on that call. Wow. And, and uh, yeah, De- DeMar definitely looked 
uh, a little worried on that play. Like he shifts three times, and I'm sure that's the play. But those shifts were not like I'm locked in, ready to go. It was like, wait, what is he doing? And then I, and I'm like, that guy's not going to do a fake punt. Holy crap, Demar Hamlin's doing a fake punt, and it just it was so absurd and. Um, I don't know why McDermott's not if it was McDermott I don't know why he's not getting enough flack I don't know why McDermott's not getting enough flack for this game in general like there were some clear mistakes there I feel like on defense and also on offense that I don't see anyone yelling at Sean McDermott after that game Um, so yeah crazy game Reese crazy game crazy stakes but you know what this was great for us um, it has exuded exhumed the demons that Patrick Mahomes cannot win on the road because guess what we got another one on the road this week Reese and I think it's going to be our our worst or not worst our toughest challenge yet before we get there though do you want to say anything else before we wrap up this yeah uh great game really great game I think both teams, you could argue both teams deserve to win for different reasons. The Bills for being able to rush the ball at will all night, you know, gaining three, four yards per play on the ground. I don't know why they abandoned it in the fourth, but they did, and it was their their crux. Uh, hats off to the Chiefs as well because the offense was clicking like a machine in every facet of the game, minus fumbling out the back of the end zone, to the point that, honestly, I'm just like, yo, are we moving the ball and scoring too quickly? Is this part of the Bills game plan? Because they know that like our defense is going to be tired. They're doing these long 10, 12, 15 play drives. We're scoring in two minutes of game time. Our defense is going to be gassed the more it's on the field. So in the end, the better team won. The better quarterback won. The fact I'm still hearing talking heads saying how they would rather have Josh Allen. Oh, stop. I know. I heard that guy. I actually, I sent that link. I couldn't believe that. I forgot. He's on FS1 Sports. Guys. I forget his name. It's not memorable. He's going to get fired in a couple of weeks, probably. And, and people saying like Mahomes always had the better team. No, no. Like in the matchups. Yeah. You could say that Mahomes had the better offense most of the time. But this year in particular, yeah, Chiefs have the better defense. Bills have the better offense player-wise. We got a bunch of Walmart baggers, dude, at wide receiver. Right. Reese, Reese has shown the stats. Reese has the numbers. This is the worst uh, receiving core that Patrick Mahomes has ever had and one of the worst receiving cores in NFL history statistically for this season. So that guy that said that our offense is better than theirs and the, I, I heard him even comparing. He's like, well, Isaiah Pacheco is better than, than James Cook. Um, you know, so-and-so is better than this, blah, 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 blah. Unbelievable. Out of necessity, Shakir from the Bills might have the second most wide receiver yards for us this year. I'm, I'm dead serious. Sure. If he was on our no, team. No, sure. He's great. I like I, I like um, Khalil Shakir. He's great. That's it. That's um, all I got to say. All right. That's all he wants to say. Shout out to our boys. Hey, shout out to Chamari Connor. Let's just let's segue out of that. Chamari Connor having the best PFF grade defensively and I think offensively as well. Stepping up on Mike Ed, Ed, Edwards left. Oh. How about that, man? That was great. Dude, everyone's talking about all the Bills injuries. We're not going to talk about how like we lost our most athletic linebacker and QB spy. Oh, how we boy. lost our great safety on the second play of the game. So we had to go to a rookie third stringer. You know, Drew Tranquil's banged up. Joe Tooney left the game halfway through and Ooh, nobody noticed. We're talk about that soon. So I will hold, yeah, hold that. That's right. 
We'll hold that, but Reese is right. They may have had some injuries, but so did we. We gritted, we grind, and we won that game. And Reese, hopefully this energy and this momentum segues into the AFC Championship game this Sunday. Stay tuned. We're going to do that Chiefs-Ravens preview right now. We'll see you in a bit. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, we are back again. We normally do a beer review, but we just got so much content today. In fact, we've talked a ton about this Chiefs Bills preview or sorry, Chiefs Bills reaction. So now it's time to get into some Chiefs Ravens preview. Reese, I'm going to start this one out. This is the toughest challenge of the season. We just played the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins, and we just talked about injuries, right? A lot of the injuries work to our advantage. Miami Dolphins, not a lot going on in their defensive line and their linebackers, right? Having to sign these 35-year-old guys. Patrick Mahomes getting a ton of time in the pocket. Buffalo Bills game as well, Reese. A lot of injuries on that offensive line and particularly in the linebacking core. And... Patrick Mahomes is staying in the pocket, but also able to expose that and get some one-on-one matchups for Travis Kelsey, right? And that's why Travis Kelsey starts blowing up, has a great game. Reese, this Baltimore Ravens team is the best defense in the NFL. Statistically, and from what I've seen in a couple games that I've seen in some film, this is a very good defensive team. Maybe we don't agree on that, but we agree that that this Ravens defense is better than the Dolphins and Bills defense that we've just seen. I think. Oh, for sure. So, Reese, I think I think this is our toughest challenge yet. I think it's great that we've played well against these defenses of the Dolphins and the Bills. But man, am I scared about this Baltimore Ravens D? Not only that, I got one more thing, and then I'll let you. I'll let you talk. On offense, Reese, they have Lamar Jackson, who I've joked the best running back in NFL history. And you know what? I'm not going to joke about it, and I'm going to say he's still the best NFL running back in NFL history because that might lose us the game if if he runs all over us, just like Josh Allen ran all over us, James Cook ran all over us last week, and our defensive line just did not show up. So those are my two biggest concerns, Reese. We haven't seen a defense like the Baltimore Ravens recently, and our defensive line was doo-doo last week. I'm scared. Well, they were doo-doo until the end of the third quarter, fourth quarter, and then they turned it on. James Cook That's fair. only had four carries in the fourth quarter. He went for negative four, negative three, zero, and one yards. Josh Allen only had rushing yards when a play was broken. Uh, you know, I, I agree with you. The Ravens have a good defense. They're a lot like us in that I could say like, the four phases of their defense, you know, line, linebacker, safety, cornerbacks, they're all good units. It's not like they have bad linebackers. It's not like they have one good cornerback right. and a bunch of doo-doo scrubs back there. But I will say, and this has been a hallmark of the team since Lamar Jackson's been there, it's a very complimentary defense in that they get the opportunity to play downhill most of the game because of that rushing attack you mentioned, taking away opportunities from other teams, making them one-dimensional, making them panic and have to throw the football more than they want to, and that's where they feast. 
Just for an example, I looked this up. The Baltimore Ravens, do you know where they are currently ranked in rushing defense? In total points, they are one, and the Chiefs are two. I know that for mm -hmm. sure. Total yards, I might be wrong. So rushing D, I'll say eight. The Ravens are actually 14th in rush defense. Wow. They are incredibly average at rush defense. To give you an idea for as bad as... Quote, Maybe they're getting turnovers? Is that is that why they're the, the least scoring? Well, that might have something to do with it. Or like I said, the fact that they can make teams go so one-dimensional with that running game. To give you an idea, our terrible run defense is ranked 17th and only allows about 10 to 12 more yards per game rushing than their run defense. So hmm. if you look at this Ravens team as a picture and say, oh, we get a chance to run against a rush defense that's as good as our questionable rush defense, suddenly that great wall they have going on back there seems a little more penetrable and less daunting. Yeah, I'd, I've never thought of it that way because I was looking at this is a great this is a great defense, but you're right. If if Isaiah Pacheco, I think you and I can agree, if we can have that as an X factor and this dude can go down the field and be productive, um, I think this is close anyway. But yeah, we would have the edge if we do stop them um, defensively. Now, here's another question for you. Do you know what Patrick Mahomes is in his career when playing against a number one ranked defense? Oh... Wait, ranked wise throughout the current quarterbacks? Uh, you, what Mahomes' record is as a starting oh, quarterback record. when he plays a team that has the number one ranked defense? He's, he's probably undefeated. He's undefeated. He's six and zero. Oh. Wow! Including when they spanked the 49ers last year and dropped like what was it like yeah, 40, was 45 on him or something like that. So again, this isn't a bad Ravens defense, but they're vulnerable. The one thing I will say about them is that they are second in red zone defense, whereas we've talked about this, our red zone offense is where the problem is. So their strength right. facing our weakness is a bad combination. We didn't see a lot of trick plays against the Bills. It was a pretty clean game. Reese, do you think that... Andy Reid, he's going into he's he's downstairs in his man cave. He he presses the 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 uh, lock button one three four five unlocks it, and we got nice little trick plays in the end zone that we might see against this tough Baltimore Ravens team. I don't want to. I think he knows this team is already enough of like an explosion waiting to happen on itself. That it's like let's not throw a trick play in there because. Oh, McCole Hardman might fumble out the back of the end zone. Uh, I mean, like, hopefully it's like a for Rasheed or for Pacheco. I mean, we do a good enough job killing ourselves in the red zone. I will say again, <laughs> a little bit of exoneration here. Everyone's saying, why did you hand it off to Pacheco when you were on the one? Why you're two, whatever it was? Why'd you call that trick play to McCole? Pacheco rolled his ankle at the end of that long run he had that set us up on the goal line and came out that next play. They had to like tape right. his ankle and check him out. Otherwise, yes, they would have just handed it off and punched it, it up. Probably would have been for him. So that's a good point. But I thought they brought McCole Harbin back to run some of this misdirection, jet sweep, whatever you want to call it, you know, stuff in the red zone. But that's not the case with how he's looking. So hmm. I don't think we're going to see too many trick plays. I think a Harbaugh defense is too well coached and disciplined to fall for that crap what do you think that's yeah, true I, I i don't know I, I i feel like 
and this this is a this is a two parter here, Reese. This is our Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think the Ravens are a lot better than the Lions, and I think with Debo Samuel out, a Brock Purdy offense with this 49ers team, the Ravens are better than both teams in the NFC. Yeah. So this is it, Reese. If we beat the Ravens, we win the Super Bowl. And I say all this saying that I think Andy Reid is going to show his absolute best stuff against the Ravens, even more so than he would with the 49ers team. So I think we do see some trick plays that they were working up at St. Joe's that we've never seen before, just because this is this is the our Super Bowl, technically. It's very possible. It's very possible. And I know people putting a lot of stock in that 33-19 game against San Francisco on Christmas. Here's the thing. Christian McCaffrey, over 100 yards rushing. George Kittle, 126 yards receiving. Brandon Ayuk, 113 yards receiving. They didn't have trouble moving the ball in that Ravens defense. Their issue was is they had a four-interception Brock Purdy, who is at best, you know, a ticking time bomb of a questionable first-string quarterback. Now, did the Ravens force some of those by making Purdy uncomfortable? Yes. Do I think there's another quarterback left or even in the divisional round who would throw four interceptions against the Ravens having a game like that? I don't think so. I really don't. Mm -mm. I don't think that three of their top weapons – can have over 350 yards combined offense or just below that and only put up 19 points. I don't know. I I agree with you. I I think the Ravens are the best team left here in the playoffs. Uh, Even I'll I'll just say whoever wins this game can't take the next game off though in the Super Bowl though, because I do think with those weapons, the 49ers are good enough and the Detroit Lions in general are good enough to catch you napping if you look past them. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they definitely have to be locked in, but I think like if if I were a betting man in this case, whoever's winning this game on Sunday is going to win the Super Bowl out of the AFC. Um, let's segue into another point that I have, Reese, and it's actually back to my favorite running back, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. This is this is it, Reese. We've talked about their that the Baltimore Ravens defense being amazing, elite whatever but it's all going to come down to this can we force lamar jackson to pass the ball willie gay jr is going to be available on sunday and that's it he is the biggest x factor in this game can he contain lamar jackson he doesn't have to have you know uh, you know zero yards but if he can contain him to like 50 yards rushing and force him to throw like we forced Josh Allen to throw in the fourth quarter then I think we win this game and we win this game easily if we can do that force Lamar to throw the ball you know I'm going to agree with you on that uh, pe- people talk about how like Lamar's you know evolved and progressed as a passer which, yeah, it's true. He's better than he was like the first two seasons he played. But I, totally. I, I don't think anyone is out here saying, oh, I'm afraid Lamar is going to beat us with his arm. Or, you know, if, if a team right. goes up three scores, oh, I'm worried Lamar is going to pass their way back into this. Uh, I mean, even this year, it's like I feel I feel kind of bad saying this, but it's like he's going to win MVP. <laughs> which is great, but does he win MVP any of the last like three years with the year he had this year? I don't Mm. think so. I just think that nobody stepped up and he had the best year, which 
again, brings me back to my thing with the Ravens. Is this the best team we've seen all year? Is this like some juggernaut squad that like everyone should be afraid to play? Or in a year where every single team was inconsistent across the league, this mm-hmm. was the most consistent team. Yeah, no, I, I think you bring up a really good point there, Reese, because, again, we can just only talk about the Kansas City Chiefs in this point. The Kansas City Chiefs are probably one of the Super Bowl favorites out of this four. And maybe Ravens are one and Chiefs are two. If the Chiefs are two, again, the worst wide receiving core in NFL history and the Chiefs are the second favorite to win the Super Bowl. Like, yes, I I agree with you. I think it's a little bit of both. I think this Ravens offense has looked great. But at the same time, there's no one that has that has been able to compete with them because everyone's been so up and down. The Bills barely made into the playoffs. The Miami Dolphins look great in the beginning of the year. And now they and then they look like trash towards the end of the year. The Philadelphia Eagles, right? looked great and then absolutely fell apart the 49ers Brock Purdy has some of the worst three games I've ever seen a quarterback have and he's in the MVP conversation so absolutely Reese we have this juxtaposition of like it was just perfect timing for them all to say though I do want to go back to your point and say that Lamar Jackson does look better than I've ever seen before of course I joke about Lamar Jackson being the the running back right but I've seen some of those some of those passes man and and some of the passes that he's made in like in pressure situations with like one leg on the ground or like they look really good in that he's hitting his targets. But again, that's like when they need him the most. The big X factor is can he do that the entirety of the third quarter? And can he do that in the entirety of the fourth quarter? Which I'm going to say no for, right? Let's contain him, get him under 50 yards rushing, and we win this game. That is my magic number. Under under 50 yards rushing for Lamar Jackson, we we win that game, no question. Dude, do you think we're going to hold him under 50 yards rushing? Like, Do you think there's a realistic chance we yes. hold him under 50 yards rushing? Yes, Willie Gay Jr. is your answer. Nick Bolton is your answer. Drew Tranquil, Tranquil when Willie Gay gets tired is your answer. I think our guys are going to step up, especially those linebackers. Hopefully Chris Jones knows how big this game is, and I think he's going to come up. We're going to see Karloftis bring some pressure. I think it's possible, Reese. I think it's possible, and then we're going to have to see old man Odell Beckham Jr. win the game for them. You know, it's a good point. Uh, he only had seven games over 50 rushing yards this year. Two of those games were 54, so they were by the hair of his chinny-chin-chin. Mm. Um okay. I think that's fair. One point I wanted to bring up is that while it does, you know, he has made some steps forward in the passing game. I don't know if this is me. I don't know if this is just because he's coming off back-to-back injuries. Lamar doesn't look as fast and as shifty and as sprightly as he has in years past. Hmm. He looks to me more like what Taylor Huntley used to look like in terms of elusiveness and speed or like like prime Tyrod Taylor, that level. He doesn't look like he's almost throwing Tyreek Hill anymore the way he used to the first few years. Sure, no, I, I'll, I'll definitely agree with you there, but I, I also can't say too much because he just he just scored a hundred on the on the Texans rushing and two touchdowns, and 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 that Texans D is not bad, which is why I'm also scared, is because like that's a good defense, a very well prepared defense, and Lamar Jackson had a had a freaking day against him. So, I mean. It's true. The Texans were playing on house money. and It took them, what, the last week of the season to clinch a playoff spot. Great quarterback, weapons, good coach, good future, but I'm not... Oh, yeah, going to... 
I'm not going to crown him for beating that Texans team. Uh, That's fair. You know what? Is there anything else we need to say, or should we just hop into predictions here? Let's. I, I think we can hop into predictions, but I think all to say that you and I think this is going to be a, a heavyweight fight going forward. Maybe, maybe the Ravens aren't this like darling of the NFL right now, but I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna be ugly. So, Reese, with the further ado, without further ado, predictions. So, the Chiefs' defense is the only defense in the league, including this mighty, mighty Baltimore defense that has not allowed 30 points all season. Baltimore did twice. Wow. One in that game, they choked against that Browns team that had, I don't think had Deshaun or Nick Chubb at that point. Uh, and they also allowed 31 in overtime against St. Louis, or Los Angeles Rams, in a game they should have lost. So, I, of all the defenses in the league this year, ironically, I think the most consistent has been the Chiefs. And I said this last week, if the Chiefs can put up 26 points, we win. The Chiefs put up 26 points, we won. I think in this game, the Chiefs might need to find their way to 27 or 28 to win. But it's all going to come down to, can we stop that running game with Baltimore? How much gas does our defense have in the tank when they have to stop that running game with Baltimore? And can the offense play and continue to grow the way they have the past two weeks in the playoffs? Ultimately, I think the answer to all three of those questions, unfortunately, might be no. I think the running game from Baltimore might be too much. I think the Chiefs' defense is, the offense is due for some drops, due for some boneheaded plays, especially against a very disciplined team like Baltimore. I think the Chiefs lose this one. 30 to 22 after we score like a late field goal to give us a chance for like an onside to field goal and a touchdown two point. Wow. You know, I can't say you're wrong and I, I can't argue that you're wrong here, but, but Reese, the chiefs smell blood in the water. They know that if they can beat this Ravens team, not that it's going to be a cakewalk in the Super Bowl, but damn, if I can get an inexperienced Detroit Lions team or I can get a Brock Purdy without Debo Samuel, I'm sniffing that Super Bowl. Like, I think our guys are going to go out there and give the most absolute effort they 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 can because again we we only have a small window of of super bowls i mean not to say the small window because we have patrick mahomes but it's so hard to get to the super bowl every single time and we should not be here like this team should not be in the afc championship for all the flaws that we have but you know what we're here and i think they know like they know and i think reese they're gonna bring it chris jones is gonna have himself a hall of fame game i think that drew tranquil Nick Bolton, Willie Gay are going to have definitive ring of honor games against the Baltimore Ravens. Maybe we don't shut down Lamar again. This rushing, this rushing like trio of theirs, 229 yards down the field against the Texans. If we can stop him to a hundred yards, Reese 50 from Lamar, we win this game. But again, nail biter, Harrison Butker, 54 yard how about 54 yard to win the game against and then just stares justin tucker down and says i am him now you are no longer him 30 to 27 chiefs 
Dude, if we could crush not only their quarterback, but also their kicker and just shut them up, that'd be so great. <laughs> just, Justin Tucker signs up for voice lessons with me at, at UNC retires. I, I think you made some great points there. I think it's going to be real interesting. Worth noting that Chris Jones has one more $1 million incentive in his contract if we make the Super Bowl. Hmm. So I hope he's very hungry for that. I, I think it'll be a good game. I, I'd be surprised if we got blown out like a lot of people are predicting. This Chiefs team just seems to hit a different gear in the playoffs, which, again, yeah. do not mistake me having confidence in having a chance with cockiness that we're going to win. Sure. I don't think that's the case. But I tell you what, I think we're in for a game, and uh, I'd be surprised if we get blown out. But we'll see what happens. Ooh. You know, no matter what, Reese, I think this is going to be a great game. Thank you, Kin City Chiefs fans, or those of you that are just watching for the first time. Thanks for being with us today. This was a jam-packed episode. And you know what? No matter what happens next week, you know we're going to bring the fire. You know we're going to bring the takes. You know we're going to bring everything. But Kin City Chiefs fans, I need you all to huddle up right now. Get get right to, to your Spotify. And I, I need all of us to do a loud Go Chiefs together on three to end this podcast. Thank you for listening. And here we go. One, two, three. Go Chiefs! We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at FountainCitySportsMedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese, and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media. <laughs>